What is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week 96, and you're listening to episode 140. That's right, 140 episodes. Uh, and we are once again proudly powered by Guns Up Nation and their great network of podcasts. Uh, so make sure you're following Guns Up Nation. Make sure you're following us on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you are rating us on Apple and Spotify. And make sure you are reviewing us on Apple. Also, follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Telgate underscore talks. If you want to follow our personal accounts, follow Dustin at Dustin Wimmer 22 and myself at Calvin B. Barrett. That's where we do most of our posting and interacting on there. So make sure you're following our Twitter. Uh, we also have Facebook and Instagram where we do post from time to time, but not as frequent as frequently as we do on Twitter. Also follow our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel has been kind of popping off lately. We've gotten a lot of views on some videos. Uh, last week we posted a little video about Danny Amendola retiring. Um, a Red Raider legend uh, retiring after 13 great years in the pros. We also posted our full interview with Viva La Cats, uh, the Cincinnati podcast we had on last week. Also, if you got any questions, comments, or anything to add to the tailgate, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, guys, I want to thank you all for joining us again. And if you're new to the tailgate, just kind of wanted to fill you in on a few things right now. We over the summer, we interviewed the uh, some podcasts from the new fan bases that are to be joining the Big 12 this season. We had Sons of UCF to discuss UCF. We had Pod Slamajama on to discuss the University of Houston. We had Locked on Cougars uh, to talk about BYU. And then last week we had Viva La Cats to join, uh, talk about Cincinnati joining the Big 12. So if you missed any of those episodes, they are there on Apple and Spotify for you to go listen to. Go check them out. Each one was really fun, uh, all really fun podcasts that are out there. So we thought it'd be fun to kind of rank the new team's fan bases based on who gave us the most listens, the most views on the podcast and on YouTube. So without further ado, our rankings of the new Big 12 schools based on how much they paid attention to us, Dustin. <laughs> this is more just to pump ourselves up. But coming in fourth place, University of Houston. Uh, Dustin, does that shock you at all? No. They were – I mean, all of them were fun, but they got edged out by some other interviewers and guys we talked to. Yeah, and one of the things that they pointed out on that podcast is that they're, they're – their fans are kind of fickle a little bit. So uh, when they're good, they're there, but when they're not, they're not so much there. So uh, that's kind of one of the things that they pointed out on that Houston podcast, but they came in fourth place. Number three, our last week's guest, Cincinnati. Um, But they're already doing some pretty good numbers with it only being out a week. Keeper uh, 
in your heads that all these other interviews were quite yeah. uh, a ways in the past now. So give them Cincinnati some, give them some more time. Yeah, give them some more time. Putting up good numbers so far, but right now they're coming in third place. Number two, UCF in Sons of UCF, which means number one. BYU. BYU came in strong on the YouTube. We got a YouTube video that's over like 15, 1600 views. And uh, the second one's over like 300, 400 views. So, uh, Dustin, your thoughts on the overall seating BYU 1, UCF 2, Cincinnati 3, Houston 4. I mean, when we talked to the BYU guys, he, he told us about that. Yeah. And they did not disappoint. So, I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, and that's how I would kind of rank them personally with, with how I thought they they went and my vibe from it. And, I mean, BYU just blew everybody out of the water, honestly. Yeah, they really did. Um, but, I mean, we had fun with all these podcasts. They were really good episodes, really good interviews, really good looks into how the fan bases yeah. are feeling as they are set to join a, a Power 5 conference for the first time in a while for some of these schools, for the first time. Uh, ever for some of them so yeah really fun go look them up you know sons of ucf locked on cougars viva la cats and pod slamma jamma and so we've kind of developed some relationships with these guys so hopefully we'll get some uh you know interviews on their podcast so another thing i wanted to shout out to you guys be looking out for our fellow uh guns up nation podcast talking tech uh, me and dustin hopped on their podcast last week their 100th episode uh so shout out to them for that that's really cool uh we got to hop on talk about texas tech's offense we had a really good time with that dustin anything you want to shout out about this podcast yeah check that out they just, they're getting that out what they got that out this week already or coming out with it i think it probably is set for tomorrow i haven't seen it come out yet. might be a little lengthy but uh we we dove really deep into the offense the rambling guys dove real deep into the defense we'll give you a lot of a lot of names, a lot of numbers, a lot of talk about who's on the roster and how we might do things this year um, roster-wise. So that was a really fun conversation. It's just fun to talk about talk about all our guys again. Yeah, it, it was a good time. I think, what, Dustin, you had about four beers during it or something like that? Oh, yeah, at least. <laughs> I had a few whiskey, uh, a w- few whiskeys. So uh, we had a really good time with those guys, so it was fun to hop on that pod. So be on the lookout for that. Go give it a listen if you want our full offensive yeah. breakdown. Uh, we broke down every position and everything you could think yeah. of on that. So uh, with all of that, wanted to just kind of get that out of the way for people who might be new to the show or people who are interested in some of these other Texas Tech podcasts. Uh, we've got all of that out there and available for you guys. So with all that said, let's get into the Texas Tech football side of things. Uh, last year, we did this we broke down the first half of the schedule and the uh, last half of the schedule in and separate episodes and so this week we're going to break down the first half of the texas tech football schedule go through each opponent uh, each of us taking a different uh, opponent breaking them down and then lastly we'll finish off with our best case worst case scenarios for the first half of the season and then get on to some other news so without further ado i'll kick this over to dustin who's taking things over with the first team slated on Texas Tech's schedule, and that's Murray State on September 3rd. Dustin, teach yeah. us a little bit about Murray State. Now. The reason I took this this trio of teams is because I know the least about them, I feel like. Yeah. So I wanted to actually look into them. Like, the ones you have, I know a little more about. Like, I know 
Yeah, not gonna lie, I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna take the the ones I got. So I was. I had it typed, and I was like, no, let's look at the other ones. It'll be a little more interesting to actually see what's up. I mean, I know a lot about Texas that you'll tell us a minute. I know what's his Spencer Sanders in his eleventh year at Oklahoma State. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but Dustin just didn't want to talk about Spencer Sanders. That's the only reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, Murray State. First game of the Joey McGuire era at home. It's going to be packed. It's going to be hot, but we'll we'll sell it out regardless just for him. I can't wait I to see It's a night how... game, so it might be a little cooler, luckily. <laughs> Great. He, I can't wait to see his, like, pump-up speeches and videos oh and, like, the first whatever they come out on, on TikTok and Instagram, like, with him to show the fans. Like, it's going to be nuts, like, that two weeks leading up to that game, and which is coming right around the corner, like we said. Not far off. We're a month away, maybe less. Yeah. And so Murray State, good, you know, FCS team to start with. It's always a good little cupcake to get the ball rolling. The team, you see a lot of big five, power five teams do this. You know, we've played Sam Houston State before and Houston Baptist, and, you know, everybody kind of does it. And so it's kind of a nice warm up into the season. Right. And, I expect this not to go well for Murray State because I mean last year they were six and five and three and three overall in conference, and I mean I didn't even know what conference they are in football. I just knew them as a basketball school because I didn't look at what conference they are in. I just saw some records and and rolled with it. I didn't care to dive that deep into them. (laughs) Um, But they're a power run team, so that'll be interesting to just kind of to see if we can stop the run. We'll probably make one of their running backs amazing. No, not this year. I think we can handle some yeah. running games and limited passing attack, and that's not much different uh, from last year to this year, apparently. Um, their leading rusher is back, Witherspoon, and so that's about their best player. So he's back, and they're going to give him the ball as much as possible, pretty much. Defense, they had a lot of trouble getting pressure last year, mm. and so this also might be a good game for our – offense and our new offensive line and yeah. uh zach kitley's you know whatever style he comes out with um this is going to be a good game for him and whatever quarterback we throw out there to start we might even see multiple quarterbacks this game because of this that would be ideal so, right yeah we should probably get two maybe maybe three depending on how how fall camp starts going and i mean like i said they had trouble getting pressure last year and then their best player, cornerback Marcus Floyd, he transferred out to West Virginia, and he had the most, like, uh, I guess they blitzed him sometimes. He had the most sacks and the most pass deflections, so he must have done the everything. Most sacks? He had three, so chill out. <laughs> well, wait, he was a corner? Yeah. I mean, I guess they just sent him on the edge corners. every that's now and then. Just... Corner. Yeah, to be a cornerback and lead your team in sacks, that's, that is yeah. pretty crazy. <laughs> I think their their defense is going to struggle a lot, especially with yeah. Kelly flinging the ball around and get the running game going on them. And then, yeah, their offense shouldn't pose much of a threat. You know, they don't have a guy like right. Bailey Zappi from a few years ago or San Houston State when they were on, you know, back-to-back national championship appearances in the FCS and gave us a hard time. You know, those were a much harder and much better players at that level, and I don't think Murray State has that, man. Yeah. Well, Murray State should be that, you know, first win of the Joey McGuire era. And then we turn to uh, our first big game of the season. Houston comes to town September 10th. And so, Houston, 
uh, a team that we're familiar with. We played them last year. We played them several times over the past few years, and it's something we joked about when we had Pod Slam and Jam on, and yep. some of these other schools. It's you know Houston's been good, been probably better than us like record wise, but yet every time we play them, we're able to get the best of them. Uh, last year we were able to beat them 38 to 21 they went on to be 12 and 2 that season they only lost twice to us and Cincinnati who made the college football playoff Um, and so you know while they remain good it's very difficult for them to top us for some reason so uh, you know a team that we're familiar with they return Clayton Toon who was the quarterback for them in that game last year he ended up throwing for 39 touchdowns 10 interceptions last season he had four picks against us, so four of those ten interceptions came in that first game. Uh, <laughs> rounded out having a pretty good season after that. Uh, their running back room, uh, we're quite familiar with Tejon Henry, Tejajon, and we always used to make fun of Easy. how you have to pronounce Tejon Henry's name. Uh, mm-hmm. They also have a UC USC transfer in Brandon Campbell. Uh, their top running back tore his ACL this spring. So they're going to be missing. Well, we have another guy transfer there this past year. Uh, yes. And I, I think I'll get to him on the, I think he's one of their receivers gotcha. uh, that, that transferred in there. Yep. Um, but yeah, their their top running back Alton McCaskill uh, tore his ACL. So he's out for this season. So uh, that's a blow to them, but you know, we, yeah. we know Tejon's a pretty good running back and then a USC transfer uh, must have, you know, been a pretty good recruit at some point. Wide receivers, they return their top receiver in Nathaniel Dell. Uh, of course, another guy we're familiar with, Keyshawn Carter. I don't know how this dude's still playing. I thought he, like, started playing college football in 2014-15, and he still has eligibility. Even Spencer Sanders were the same recruiting class. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ridiculous. Uh, Cody Jackson. Matt, uh, I think Cody Jackson is the USC transfer that at receiver for them. And then Matthew Golden, who is a incoming freshman who has been apparently turning heads. So that's kind of their receiving core. Uh, defense, they return uh, the defense that was number one in the AAC last year. They bring back six starters from last year, a team that limited opponents to 20.4 points per game. Uh, notable players, their defensive ends, Derek Parrish and DeAnthony Jones, are going to cause problems for offensive lines, as well as Nelson Caesar, who could be the top defensive end in the AAC conference. Uh, their secondary has Javarius Owens, who was a first-team All-ACC last year, and Hassan Hippolyte. Uh, they did lose their top two cornerbacks. Uh, they look to replace those. Um, but they do have guys with experience who should be, you know, solid filling in there. And they have, you know, a pretty good linebacker duo. So overall, you know, this is a team that is trying to do what Cincinnati did last year. That's how they're coming into the season. That's how they're viewing it. Uh, they lost some dudes, but they replaced them with already experienced players. Uh, their offensive line did struggle in the games that they lost. Uh, they were only able to average 2.2 yards per carry against Texas Tech in that game. And they only averaged 1.8 against Cincinnati. So that's kind of one of the, their weaknesses was uh, providing holes and lanes for the running backs. They also averaged two point, they gave up 2.8 sacks and 7.2 tackles for loss a game last year. So that's something they're needing to build on as well. Uh, defensively, they kind of struggled in the run. Uh, games that they lost, they were giving up over five yards of carry. They, I think they gave like up about six, yeah, six yards of carry to us uh, last year. 
Their key transfer this year is an offensive tackle for uh, Tyler Johnson. He's from University of Texas. Um, but yeah, that's that's my synopsis of, of, of Houston there. Dustin, what are you thinking about this Houston game? Yeah, I think it's always good that we catch them early every season that we've played yeah. them, like last year. You know, they jumped on us first quarter and then we handled the rest of the game pretty easily and put up 38. And I also think they're, what, number one defense in the AAC last year? Yeah, yeah. I think those numbers are a little skewed because, like, we talked with the UCF guys and whatnot. Like, some of these teams are very – I mean, I wouldn't say terrible, but they're, they're not up to power five type type offenses and defense and players, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, they played Cincinnati. They played us. But besides that, I mean, a lot of their teams weren't that great that they played, so they were able to rack up some good numbers. Um I yeah, and this season, Go ahead, well, a couple a couple things I'll point out over here. This season they have us, and they don't play Cincinnati or UCF. Like the only way they'll Ooh. they'll play them is if they make meet them in the oh, AAC for, championship yeah. game. So they have a wow. relatively easy schedule. Like That's we're probably cake. their toughest opponent uh, on that schedule. Wow, that's cake considering like how yeah. low we're expected to be. You know, just in general. Wow, they AAC really gifted them a really good present. Yeah. But I could see them. I mean, that just adds to my point I was about to make is I could see them having a little chip on their shoulder about last year with our game because you know we ruined their season pretty pretty well. I mean, you know, one of their two losses, and without that loss, I mean, they can they could have been in the Cincinnati talk for most of the year too. I mean, they finished what top ten by the end of the year or somewhere around there. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're only they only other was in the AAC championship game, you know, right? And so they're really good. So, I mean, I'm, am I worried about them? Yes, but again, Joey McGuire's first big game at the Jones, he'll yeah. be he'll be very fired up, and so will the rest of us. For me, it's just like I'll worry about them when they actually beat us. Sure, yeah, you know, it's just like they've they've been like we said at the very beginning of this, they've been a better overall program. Like they've been more yeah. relevant, but yet every time we play them recently, we beat them. And so yeah. I think like Cincinnati was the first podcast that actually came into like, hey, we're, we're trying to maintain our expectations. Like once you come into the Big 12, you're playing better opponents. And a part of that was mm-hmm. because we beat Houston. They're like, Houston was the second best team in our conference and y'all weren't, <laughs> y'all weren't good and y'all still beat them. And we beat them. Um, yeah. If you look at the final score pretty handily. Yeah. So and they jumped out to a 14-0 start to right. us. They they had the ball, to, you know, the first two possessions of the game. And so, yeah, for me, like I, I can only take them seriously once they actually beat us. <laughs> um, but you Good know, they, they have high hopes and they have Dana Holgerson, so he's yep. he's familiar with being in Lubbock and he's won some in Lubbock. So with that, yeah. Dustin, take over uh, one of the teams I'm sure that you were interested in covering, and that's our first road game of the Joey McGuire era, and that's at North Carolina State on September Yeah, 17th. NC State. So, man, I mean, I didn't realize they were on such a come up the last few years. I mean, they've won, I think, eight or I think nine games, three of the last five years I read. Yeah, it was a it was a point you made a couple weeks back on a podcast. I think we we, we scheduled NC State like four years ago, and yeah, then there and that's what, they started this They're like what a top fifteen team in the country all of a sudden this year. Yeah, they're expected to be around top ten. I mean, yeah. 
I looked at quite a few projections of preseason polls, and they were at 10, 11, 12, no lower than 14. And so they're they're looking to win the ACC possibly. I mean, they yeah. were just right behind Pitt last year. I mean, they went nine and three last year, six and two in the conference. And I mean, ACC is no slouch anymore. I mean, Pitt was lighting them on fire. <clears throat> Clemson still has a bunch of dudes, even though they had a down year last year. And so, like North Carolina, they get good off and on. It's so, like for them to be that good, especially like consistently for the last few years, really surprised me. Um, so that's going to be a tough first road game playing a possibly top 10 team on the yeah. road, you know? And so, and they have a lot of dudes returning, like everything I kept reading is like, Oh, they're returning this guy and these guys and this group and that group. I'm like, who left? <laughs> their quarterback, their quarterback's supposed to be pretty dang good too. Huh? Yeah. So quarterback Devin Leary's back. He, had an amazing stat line last year, I think. 3,400 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, and five picks. That'll do. That'll that, yeah, that's pretty pretty salty there, man. Um, their O-line, uh, they're returning a lot there, even though they don't have like a great running game. But anytime you return yeah. most of your that's O-line, right. that's a great thing. And so I think they're returning. They lost the tackle, who is a top 15 pick. But then after that <clears> – <throat> I think four of the guys are back, at least three of them. And so that's going to be a strength for them and having the quarterback. And so defense, man, they're returning eight starters. And then some guys that were starters that got injured for most of last year coming back too. So they have basically like 10 starters coming back from last year's team. Think about 10 starters. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a freaking lot. And they had the 14th overall defense. Um in the country last year. So, I mean, they're up there with, with like the Oklahoma State's type of defenses like we played last year. And there, we know how troublesome that was. And so that's going to be real tough. I mean, going from uh, Murray State and Houston will kind of get us on track for, for this game. And so Houston, NC State back to back is going to be tough little stretch there. Yeah. Well, it doesn't get easier from there as the following week we uh, host the University of Texas in what Ooh. could possibly be the last time UT comes uh, to Lubbock as a member of the Big 12 Conference. Of course, there has been talks about keeping this matchup going once they enter the SEC, so it might not be the last time we see them come to Lubbock, but as a member of the Big 12 Conference, this could be it. Of course, we know Texas went 5-7 and seven last season. Of course, we know that they lost to Kansas, Dustin. Um, you know, something that we will never let them let down, but they ultimately ended up destroying tech. And then that was probably our most embarrassing loss of last season. Um, they blew us out 70 35. And so for me, it's kind of hard to make fun of this Texas team. Uh, that was that bad that blew us out. Um, <laughs> uh, but ultimately got us to where we need to be. Right. It was one of the first baby steps you needed to help get Matt Wells out of here. <laughs> right. Uh, of course, we're familiar with the quarterback that is presumably going to be the starter for them, Quinn Ewers. Uh, we were in the running for him, but it looks like he's going to get his first shot being the starting quarterback for a uh, D1 football team. Uh, one of the highest touted quarterback prospects of all time chose to go to Texas. So we'll see how he does uh, leading this team. 
They got the arguably the best running back in the country in oh, B. John yeah. Robinson, uh, who returns after uh, 1,127 yards on the ground last season, at, and he missed time at the end of the season uh, as well. So he's still able to do that while missing a few games. They have a loaded wide receiver room with uh, all Big 12, uh, Xavier Worthy leaving the way. Uh, they also got Jordan Whittington, Isaiah Nair, and then a couple of really good tight ends, uh, and Jatavion Sanders and Jalil Billingsley, a transfer from Alabama. So their offense with, of course, Sark, who is a really good offensive coach who is able to take advantage of those weapons, has a really loaded offense. Um, last year, they kind of struggled being consistent. They were really good at times. Like you take a look at that Tech game, they were completely unstoppable. Uh, If you take a look at that Oklahoma game, they're really unstoppable for about the first half. And then all of a sudden the second half, they couldn't do anything anymore. So that's kind of what got them was uh, consistency on that end last year. They're hoping to kind of correct that defensively uh, wasn't so good for them either. So that's one of the reasons that they lost seven games. They finished as the hundredth defense in the country last season, allowing 31 points per game. Their run defense got hammered. They were giving up over 200 yards a game. Uh, They couldn't get a pass rush. Um, you know, linebackers this year should be their strength. They're returning guys who've been a part of this program for a while, like Demarion Overshow, Luke Brockermeyer. Um, they'll lead the way there. Secondary, they need more playmakers. They got a transfer from Ohio State and Ryan Watts. They got a couple other returnees and Deshaun Jameson, Anthony Cook, and Jaron Thompson that are going to look to help to uh, force more turnovers for the Longhorn defense. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the story for them. You know, Sark entering his second season after a, a hugely underwhelming first season, going five and seven. Uh, their offense, like I said, was great at moments, terrible at some. Um, but they have the talent. Like, there's no denying the fact that they have the talent to be a really good team. Uh, but can they actually put it put it all together? That's been the question with, for Texas for uh, a long time now. Is they're obviously one of the most well-funded schools they're one of the most well nil funded schools now and you know they've they've got all that talent but they just haven't been able to put wins on the board consistently to actually be a relevant team that's why the texas is back joke still hits uh (laughs) every single year Uh, i hope to hear that for them as well um but you know that's kind of their synopsis here you know, we'll see what happens with Sark in year two. They're one of the biggest question marks to me in the Big 12 this season because, like I said, they they have the potential to be a really good team, to be a team contending for a Big 12 championship at the end of the year. If Quinn Ewers is the quarterback that everybody thought he was, they got the best running back in the country. They got a really good receiving core. Can their defense step up? Do you have any thoughts on, on Texas, Dustin? Yeah, like you said, it's always – they have the guys, they have the recruiting, they have the money – can they produce on the field? Um, and I was scared a couple years ago when Sark got hired. I was like, dang. Yeah, I remember we I were. I think that's a great yeah. hire. And I hate it personally for Texas Tech and everybody else. You know, we liked how Texas was a sub or around average 500 team. And so I think he's going to not put up a 70-point game on us again, but he always has the potential for that. I mean, we started at Alabama quite a few yeah. years. I mean, even – and so he's he's lethal kind of like with how he designs stuff and his play action stuff with the best running back and this great quarterback that's supposed to be great. 
Like, yeah, I mean, look at me. the game last year. Like yeah. we we went into it really scared, and he threw up an offensive clinic against us. Like he oh, was, yeah. we couldn't touch him. And so, I just hope we can play better than last year, and we couldn't That's, tackle yeah. a soul. So. Yeah, it was an embarrassing game last year, yeah. but yeah, that's that's kind of my synopsis on Texas. I, I'm, you know, I, I hope they suck with all yeah. my heart. I hope they go five and seven again, lose to Kansas on the road yeah. again. Um, hopefully, not blow us out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, that's why this is one of the most embarrassing programs in all of college football. Is you have True. the money, <laughs> the talent, and everything you need to be successful. Uh, they just haven't been able to figure it out. So, with that said, after uh, a tough back-to-back of NC of Houston, NC State, and Texas, doesn't get much easier from there either, oh. Dustin. So we head to the to Manhattan, the Little Apple, to take on Kansas State. So, what you got on them? Yeah, Kansas State, Chris Kleiman's fourth year. Um, God, he's been really long already. Three years in, yeah, going into year four, kind of got their program back on track after Bill Snyder. Or yeah, yeah, Snyder left a handful of years ago, and they had a rough transition after that. And so he's in his fourth year. They went eight and five last year, four and five in the conference. And a lot of those games were conference games were close losses. So they played yeah. a lot of teams really good. And so they they have high expectations this year to pull out some of those games and be better. Mm-hmm. Um, Deuce Vaughn is back. Damn it. <laughs> Really, what I wrote down. He had fourteen hundred all-purpose yards. I really like Deuce, but I hate playing against him. Like, oh yeah, he's a pain. I'm I'm glad he plays for Kansas State, not like a Texas or something like that. Because especially only being five six, and you put up fourteen hundred all-purpose yards last year and eighteen touchdowns. God, it felt like he's been he'd been destroying us for a decade. Honestly, last year their offense wasn't that good. They didn't have great quarterback play. Um, they kind of pieced it together at that position, let Deuce do a lot of the heavy lifting for them. This year might be a little different and better. They have a quarterback who's also been around a long time, Adrian Martinez, transferred from Nebraska. He's played and started four years there. He's supposed to be I – mean, he was pretty good, but he was supposed to be this Heisman-type guy, but didn't ever meet that expectation, but he was still pretty good. And, I mean, playing the Big Ten – Nebraska never met those expectations either. So he's got one more year. He transfers to Kansas State, and they're going to really like to use him and his running ability. And with Deuce Vaughn, that's going to be a tough, tough combination to try to hold down the best you can. Um, Yeah, veteran athletic quarterback, and they even have a solid receiver group that's coming back. And so their offense should be a little better than last year, and that's where they kind of struggled a little bit. Um, their defense was solid last year, third in the Big 12. Um, this year, their secondary especially is going to be their strong suit, and then their linebackers after that are not that bad either. And so, man, they're going to be a, they're going to be tough coming in here. And I feel like they they never played terrible. You know, they're yeah. always really really solid team. Never really, at least for us, we can never blow them out or they blow us out. I feel like. They always play everybody, or at least us, really, really good, uh, even yeah. when they're struggling. So you know you're going to get a tough game out of them. Well, last year they were the game that put the nail in the coffin for Matt Wells as we jumped out <laughs> to like a really big lead and then blew it. Um, yep. And after that, 
is uh, on on to the next one. Um, and then doesn't get easier from there. No, because <laughs> we have a tough first half of this schedule. As after going to Manhattan, we head to Stillwater for Oklahoma State, who was uh, a play away from winning the Big Twelve championship last year. Inch away, inch away, uh, well, inch away. Uh, so yeah, last season they go twelve and two. They lost to Baylor in the Big Twelve championship game. They had wins over Kent State, Baylor, Texas, OU. Beat Notre Dame in the bowl game last year. They beat us twenty three to nothing. Shut us down. Shut uh, like one of the worst offensive showings that I've ever seen from a Texas Tech team. Of course, their offense returns a guy we're all familiar with, but nobody's overwhelmed by him. Spencer Sanders, most average quarterback, I think, in all of college football. If you look up average college quarterback, I think Spencer Sanders' name pops up. Um, But, I mean, he is a savvy veteran, right? He's been there for a long time. This is, uh, like, his, I think his fourth year starting for them. Uh, They returned seven of their top eight wide receivers. They did lose their top receiver um last year but still return a lot of talent there they lost their best running back from last year uh he did leave but you know oklahoma state feels like they always produce some pretty good running backs so they've got dominique richardson Jaden nixon who are going to take over uh looking to take over that role for jalen warren who left and three of their starters on the offensive line are back from last year which was already a pretty good offensive line so maintaining that stability there now, defense, which was the better side of the ball for them last year, they were stellar at defense. They had the number one defense in the nation. They had the number one sack, and uh, they were overall second in tackles for loss in the country. They led the Big 12 in total defense and scoring defense. Uh, their top four tacklers from last season are gone, but they are still returning quite a bit on defense. They got a lot of experience. They're going to reload. Uh, they don't, they're not seeing this as a drop off of, from this defense from last year. Uh, they've got Colin Oliver who had 10 and a half sacks last season. Uh, they also have some other pretty good defensive ends and trace Ford, Tyler Lacey, Brock Martin. Like when you have four guys, you can list off as pretty good at defensive end. Uh, that's saying something. They also got a 320 uh, pound defensive tackle. Uh, (laughs) that's a lot of size. Uh, and he's pretty good, Sion Asi, uh, and he's going to be a problem in the middle. And then a guy we're familiar with, former Red Raiders Xavier Benson's going to be trying to fill the void that their uh, All Big Twelve linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez left. Uh, I don't think Xavier Benson's going to do that if he couldn't make it here at Texas Tech. I don't necessarily know if you're going to be uh, that type of player for Oklahoma State. But they have a lot of talent still at the linebacker room, so it's not going to be all relied on him. And then uh, Jabbar Muhammad leads their cornerback room. Jason Taylor leads their safeties. This is a team that's going to be really good defensively yet again, and you got to go on the road to play this team. And Spencer Sanders, like I, I, I make fun of him because I don't think he's a quarterback who's going to win you a big game. Uh, but at the same time, he is a guy who's familiar with this offense. That's very rare to have a quarterback who stayed there and played for you for like four straight years. It's almost unheard of now. Everybody just transfers out um, or goes pro. So uh, he's definitely going to be something that's nice for them to have. Uh, Their goals are Big 12 championship or bust. That's kind of their goals heading into the season. They were right there last year. Uh, Oklahoma, we don't really know what they're going to be like. 
uh, as they transition to Brent Venables. Uh, Texas is hit or miss. Uh, Baylor should be good. We'll get into them next episode, but uh, they're really one of the top tier Big 12 teams, and they're expecting to uh, do that same thing this year and have a chance at the title. So any parting thoughts on the pokes, Dustin? Yeah, great point that they're not looking to drop off. They're just going to reload and hopefully be back in that Big 12 championship again this year. Yep. And their defense was stellar last year. It was so good. Yeah, it was so good against us. We couldn't do shit, man. So good. Freaking good. But Spencer Sanders, I mean, he's a preseason all Big 12 first team. And part of that's because he's the most experienced guy returning. Yeah. There's a lot of quarterback turnover in the Big 12 this year. And he's the most experienced, and that helps a lot. I mean, the fact that he's played a ton of big games and a ton of games – you know, for Mike Gundy and their offense. And so I don't expect them to drop off either. And they're going to be very tough for everybody to play. Yeah. And last thing I'll say about Oklahoma state is this is what makes me excited about the big 12's future. Yeah. By losing Oklahoma and Texas is like Mike Gundy has built this team for sure. a pretty solid team. It's something that, you know, Joey McGuire and us as Texas tech fans were trying to chase. Right. Um, it's, it's a program that we were kind of neck and neck with for a while, but then they kind of leaped us. And, it, you know, I definitely think they're top of the Big 12 once those schools leave. It's a, a school yeah. that we're trying to catch. Uh, but this is a big season for them. This is a big season for them and Baylor, who we'll talk about next sure. uh, next week, as, you know, we have two schools looking to leave, four schools that are about to enter. Um, if they can maintain that success, it's going to be big for them. And they have the best and longest tenured coach in the Big 12 with uh, Mike Gundy. So this is just a team that that when they lose guys, you don't really worry about it anymore. They just rebuild or reload. Um, and so I fully expect that from Oklahoma State this season. So, Dustin. We've talked about the first half of this schedule, and it's not an easy one, man. It is not an easy one. Like I, you know, I, I say seven and five, and there's a lot of people. There was a post today, predict a record. A lot of people eight and four and stuff like that. This is a very oh. tough first half of the season. So worst case scenario, what's yours? And we're trying to be realistic here, folks. We're not just being zero oh and six. We're trying to be like, what do you think's realistic? Uh, and, and what's your worst case scenario for us to start this season? All right, hold on, because I think our worst case is one and five. I have that as well because these are all five. Other teams we just yeah. mentioned are really good. Like I said, Kansas State's trying to be better. Oklahoma State's reloading, and they, we know how much better they are. Texas has the guys who whooped our ass last year. Like Houston's really good, and so <laughs> there's no breaks, and we could easily go on a five-game losing skid after yeah. Murray State. And it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Like these are. These are Oklahoma State who should be competing for not only maybe a Big 12 conference championship, but maybe a college football playoff bid. Um, Texas, who has the talent to compete for a Big 12 championship. Kansas State, who's kind of everybody's named as a dark horse Big 12 championship contender. Houston, who is looking to do what Cincinnati did last year. Like there's no cupcakes really besides Murray State here. And then, like you said, yeah. NC State, who could be your ACC champion. So, so, so yeah, you're playing, I, from, you're playing at least two teams that are yeah hoping to win their win the conference. And again, Texas is and Kansas State are dark horse type teams that are also trying to do that. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I was with you. I I had one in five. Like that. That's a that's a scary. It could for, happen. Yeah, it could realistically that could happen. So let's try to flip this over. Let's try to be a little yeah. more positive here. Uh, what do you think is the realistic best case scenario for these first six games? I think best case you could go four and two. I am with you there as well. I, I wouldn't I go higher than that. I'm not going to reach yeah. for the moon and go five and one just because of what we said and how tough all these big time oh, teams yeah. are. Especially I mean, if you have a new coach and a new, right. new everything, right? Right. New coach. I mean, that means like going to NC state, like they're going to be doing a whole new pregame routine on the road, like for the mm-hmm. first time at a top 10 type school, like even all that stuff logistically changes from, how and when you fly and hotel yeah. stuff and getting to this, like there's a ton of stuff on those road game days that are going to be new for that coaching staff and a lot of these guys. And I mean, but they can do it. I mean, like we said, we, we hyped it up with the, the talking guys last week about our offense could be a lot and very versatile and Killy really excites me. Um, so does Tim DeRuder as defensive coordinator and former head coach um, to help out Joey McGuire. He's, Joey McGuire's raved about him being on staff and how he can go to him as a former head coach sometimes um, and figure things out, make sure he's doing things right um, and where to get this team going at. And so I could definitely see us making that jump like some of these other teams, like a Kansas State lost lost some of these close games last year. I could see us maybe making that jump and barely beating them and barely maybe fighting with Texas this time around Yeah, making that a game. And so I could see four and two – as the best case and anywhere in between, honestly. Yeah, I had that as well. I had, you know, obviously starting off with wins against Murray State and Houston help with that. Um, But, you know, I kind of expect the loss to NC State. I think that's one that I'm chalking up. But there is a realistic chance that you beat Texas at home. And then if you can split Kent State, Oklahoma State, you're at four and two. And, you know, do I think that's possible with Joey McGuire? Hell yeah, I haven't even seen this guy yeah. coach, but I'm so bought into what this guy yeah. can do and the, what Red Raider Nation is right now. Um, yeah, I, I fully expect that, and I, I just expect us to be coached better. You look back on the Wells right. area, there's so many losses that were just bad coaching. Uh, sure. like questionable call here. Why are we kicking a field goal on second down against TCU? Like, there was <laughs> so many moments that you can point at. It was like, what was that decision? And I think yeah. we've got a coaching staff who's going to make the right decision but I think they're going to help our players actually progress and grow and become better players throughout the season. And so, yeah, four and two is super realistic to me. I, I, I think you can do that. I think, heck, maybe you don't beat Texas, but maybe you pull off Kent State. Uh, maybe you can pull off NC State. I, right. I, it's tough to speculate because we don't know what a Joey McGuire coach team looks like just yet, but – I mean, we've we've got good vibes from him. Like he's been nothing but right. everything that Texas Tech has needed uh, after going through Cliff Kingsbury, Matt Wells. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and, so yeah, uh, that's any I mean, yeah anything else you want to throw there's, in? There's, you know, like I said, there's a lot of hype around this program, and we could go forward to. I didn't break it down like you had listed some teams off there's where you win and lost it. I kind of just looked at it as a whole of like. Obviously, past Murray State, like these other five games, yeah, I could see three and two out of it. Where those fall, I I couldn't pinpoint right. yeah. to be honest because, like we just said, these teams are really good. I mean, we might upset Texas 
and then Kansas State comes and and knocks our teeth in, you yeah. know. And so could go either way there or anywhere in the middle. Um, I wouldn't hate if it's closer to the, the three and three and three and four and two, yeah, than the, the the worst side. And, and yeah. get us going and hopefully get to that at least six and six mark by the end of the year. Yeah. The only thing I'll say is the tech fans, like kind of going back to the tweet we saw today, or a lot of people like eight and four, I saw some 93s and 10 twos. I'm like, temper your expectations, temper them. Calm down. Like I, I'm all in on Joe McGuire as much as the next guy, sure. but like, I don't want to have super high expectations. <laughs> I, I just want us to be competitive this year. And sure. Maybe that's, a simple thing to ask for, but yeah, I just want us to show up every week and feel like we belong. You know, like when we showed up and played Texas last year, it didn't feel like we belonged on the same oh, field as them. I, I, I don't want to get blown out. I want to be competitive. I want to see this, the brand that they're teaching and this, yeah. you know, we're going to be, we're going to be competitive every down. And, you know, I believe in that full heartedly, but we got to realize this is a team with a brand new coach uh, we've got a lot of young players on this team, a lot of guys who haven't proven yet that they can win at this level. And so there still is, you know, that doubt, a little bit of doubt in me. And so I, I just think we got to temper our expectations a little and bit and realize that. That was going to be part of my next point was, I mean, these these great recruiting classes we have coming up, these guys aren't going to be here till two years from yeah. now. And they won't be good for three or four years from now. Yeah. And so I, I get all the hype around we love the recruiting class and we love some of these transfers we got, but we're not far removed from what we just did last year at six and six, you know? Yeah. We haven't won more than seven games in a regular season in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Mahomes won seven games and that was the last quarterback to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that people believe like, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to, doubt those things I, I love it but just just you know temper and be okay with going yeah. three and three and at the start of the season that shows that shows progress yeah. to me for sure so, and i like our second half schedule better than the first half by a little bit yeah and and i think that's a key point here is like if it's rough this first half of the season well next week we're going to break down the second half where it does kind of die down a little bit i think you definitely have the tougher part of the schedules at the first half and so hey if you are two and four uh at the end of this don't panic i don't think there's no. i think there's wins on that schedule Anime, there like we just said like joey mcguire but also the two defensive and offensive coordinator guys like they're installing their new systems. It yes. might take four, five, six more games than that to figure it out and get guys in the right pieces and call the right plays for our guys and the right packages and stuff. And so, yeah, I think Deruder and Kelly got to figure it out as well too, as as they're learning on the fly during these games. Agreed, agreed. So that's our first half of the schedule breakdown next week we'll be breaking down the second half giving our second half best case worst case scenarios and then kind of you know making our official season record predictions um so hope you all enjoyed that by the time you're listening to this we're officially 30 days out we'll be officially 30 days out from texas tech football getting started so me and dustin have got a plan for us and you guys who want to join us, if you go to the store right after, right now, as you're listening to this podcast, go to your local gas station, grocery store, wherever you buy beer, 
go grab yourself a nice ice cold 30 pack of your favorite beer that you can buy a 30 pack of. If you open that 30 pack either today, Thursday, or tomorrow, Friday, that last beer, once you get to that very last beer, Texas Tech football is here. That's what that last beer means. If you have one beer a day in that 30 pack, that last beer means Texas Tech football is here. So you me know, and just Dustin, get that 30 pack and be like, ooh, this is my football yeah. beer for the day. Ooh, this is number 28. One, one beer closer to Texas Tech kicking <laughs> off. Me and Dustin, we're going to go get our 30 packs. We're going to join in with you guys on this. We're going to post updates on, you know, beer, beer number six. You know, this minute, you know, 24 days, they'll Texas Tech football. Yep. We're going to take post of that. We want y'all to join in on this with us. Take your yeah. photos as you're going through this 30 day process with us. And then what we really want you to do. When you get to that last beer, keep that beer cold and refreshed and send us a photo from whatever tailgate you're at, that first tailgate of Texas Tech season, wherever you're at, send us a photo of you drinking that ice cold, beautiful beer that represents Texas Tech game day, the Joey McGuire era getting started. We want to be a part of that. So, uh, And it's a pretty simple challenge. One beer a day. That's easy, Dustin, right? One football beer a day. One football beer a day. So we're going to do this with you guys. It's not really much of a challenge. Uh, but, yeah, go get that 30-pack and drink a beer a day. Let's count down the days of the Texas Tech football season together with a nice, beautiful beer. And when we get to that last beers, we'll take our photos of wherever our tailgate is at. Uh, that's kind of our interactive thing with you guys over the next few weeks as we wait for football season. We're excited to – have that here with us and we're excited to drink a nice cold beer every day with you guys uh, until the season starts. But we have a little bit of quick Texas tech news to touch on Dustin real quick here. Um, we, we have already had an NIL deal for the Texas tech entire Texas tech football team. We have another NIL deal that covers an entire team. And that is the women's basketball team coming from level 13 agency who's giving every single women's basketball player a $25,000 NIL deal. Uh, That's all the players. It's the second of its kind. It's the first of its kind for women's sports. Uh, Anything you want to throw on here for another pretty cool thing that Texas Tech is doing, leading, leading the way in NIL deals, not only for men, but for women as well. Yeah, that's a huge NIL deal, especially for Tech women's sports and just women's sports and the NCAA overall, you know, we talked with football last week or week before that that was a huge deal and kind of groundbreaking in its own right. right? And I mean, that was a hundred kids there. And yeah, this one now is covering, you know, what 15 to 20 women's athletes. And it really is going to help set the standard when we go to recruit and now you have this, Hey, here's your base NIL deal. And we've been, you know, very mediocre or less quite recently um, with maybe some some here and there's, but, you know, some flashes. But this should help recruiting big time when you're talking like Baylor is one of the best programs in the country. Texas is always really good women's basketball wise. So this could help us propel that women's basketball program into some better recruits and better teams. Yeah, and I, I wish I would have looked at what a WNBA salary for like the less – like the last players oh, is, but it can't be that much yeah. more because I already know WNBA 
players are pretty underpaid. That's why most of them play the yeah. WNBA and then in another league. Yeah, that's why they go to Russia yeah. or China to play second secondary league to get paid more. So to get twenty five k to start off, that's that's pretty cool. Um, so shout out to Level Thirteen Agency for doing that. They've been uh, huge on the basketball front in in IL deals. Uh, well, with men's basketball, but doing this for women's <laughs> is really cool. You gotta. So I got the rookie scale. So basically, when they're drafted, top top four get seventy two thousand. Yeah. And seventy, sixty six, sixty five, sixty after that, and so. Yeah, you're making more than one fourth of what the best rookie in the yeah. WNBA is making. Uh, and you right. could be a walk on and you're getting that for, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's huge. That's, that's awesome. That's paving the way for NIL deals. They don't only matter to men's sports. They also matter to women's sports. And so, yeah, I like that yeah. part too. Like, so we did a whole men's team and now we just did a whole women's team. That's pretty so awesome. Shout out to level 13 agency for doing that. That was shout really out. cool. Really cool of you guys. So that will do it. For us this week at Tailgate Talks, episode 140 in the books. Make sure you are following us on Apple, on Spotify, and giving us those five-star ratings. And once again, if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with that review. Follow us on our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at Tailgate underscore Talks. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and follow our YouTube channel where we're posting videos uh, week to week on there that are getting some pretty good interactions. So make sure you are following that page. But once again, that's all for us this week. Catch us next week where we will be breaking down part two of Texas Tech's schedule and whatever other news comes out. But until then, 